Welcome back to the Deep Gripping Reality, my friends. So today we're going to be talking about teamwork. You know, I give a lot of thought to psychology and the thought process behind people who work on different teams and um, consumers and how they th see things and the subconscious stuff and, and uh, you know, it's, it's I don't know, it's, it's interesting. It's something that, that I find fascinating, how the mind works uh, independently and then when it's in a team. And so that's kind of what we're going to be diving deep into today, so, so stay tuned. So a lot of my professional experience was spent um, running teams, um, and the team varied in size. Sometimes it was, you know, three other people, other times, I mean, there was a time when I ran almost 70 people uh, for one client. and. There's some things that I found that are kind of unified that really make a difference in running a successful team, no matter what size team it is, no matter what the project is, and they're kind of a, a, a unifying thing. And, and so I was trying to come up with an anagram, and sometimes you, you force things that you don't really need to, but team, uh, T-E-A-M, so it was treat each above me. and. I think that's a pretty good philosophy. It's a working thing, so bear with me. But it's kind of a good philosophy. I'm a big fan of the servant leadership approach. I think that if you're given the honor of running a team, that you really do need to understand what motivates the members of your team and understand that each person's motivation is deeply personal. It's not just as simple as, well, I'm here because they pay me, you know. That's why I come to work every day. Because here's that's a given. I mean, that's that's part of the arrangement. Is you show up, they pay you. That's that's how it works. So there's a reason that they choose to work for your company. The reason that they choose to work for you or with you. Um, and it may be a situation where they didn't have a choice. Like for example, in college teams, often you don't get a choice who you're buddied with, who you're partnered with. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't. You don't get a choice, you, you hopefully get a choice in who the leader of that group is, but ultimately there's a motivation to why they're working with you. And in most cases, it's, it's in some cases it's transparent and most it's not. So like if it's a college team, you know, obviously their motivation is to get the best possible um, grade that they can. However, it could also be networking. On a professional front, maybe the reason they chose to or wanted to work with you is because they respect you and they think that you have your shit together and they, they really do want to see, you know, what what kind of a unique perspective you can bring, you know, or, or what they can learn from you if they're if they're wise and humble enough to be able to acknowledge that they can learn. Or maybe they think they can teach you something, but it's coming from a humble place, you know. There's a lot of reasons that people choose to work in the teams they choose to work in. And we have to understand as leaders that the team is going to perform better when they believe that their leader has their back. Uh, it's just, it just, it is what it is. It's just a fact, Jack. Uh, if, if you are in a team and there is no leader, um, you know, there's been some studies on that as to whether or not that's effective. And, and, you know, I think that, that it kind of depends on the situation. Sometimes you are your own team of one and sometimes you are your own leader and that's okay. But, you know, Generally speaking, I think people need a leader. They need a galvanizing force that, that can kind of 
be the cheerleader when they need to be, be the disciplinarian when they need to be, um, and, and can hold people accountable, but can also raise them up when they've earned it, you know? So that I think that, that having the role of a leader in a group, you know, it, it's not necessarily a requirement, but it definitely helps. So, <laughs> pardon me, that's the first thing. The first thing is you want to have a good leader in the team. The second thing is you want to have a, as a leader, it's, it's kind of your job to make sure that very clearly communicated to the rest of the team is the goal or goals. And not just, you know, where we at, where we need to be, but how we're going to get there. You know, you have to have an idea, a roadmap of what success actually looks like, how it's defined, and how we can determine whether or not we've reached it, what we're going to do after we reach it. There's no resting on the laurels, you know. If, if we meet the goal, does that mean that we increase the goal, or does that mean that we work on maintaining that? You know, what's it look like? So there's a lot of strategy behind it, but if you can get people to buy into your vision and take accountability in their role and ownership of their role in that journey to success, you will find it's a lot easier to be successful as a team very quickly. The other thing that I've found, one of the many other things that I've found, is that people tend to take accountability and and more ownership when they are a part of the decision-making process. Now, obviously, you know, some things they, there's, they can't decide. You know, some things they have no control over. But as far as the process goes and how you meet the goal, everybody wants to have input or give input. Everyone wants to feel like they're a valued member of the team and like the success of the team for that day or for that month or for that quarter or whatever is in some part to their actions. Otherwise, why why do it, you know? So it's a really easy way to give people a chance to take ownership of the results when you include them in the decision-making process. So open and honest communication. I think another um, uh, trait of a good leader is being willing to take criticism, being win- willing to take input, um, and you know, no matter how much you have invested in a process or in the way things have always been done, recognize that di- diversification is the key to life. Like, if you can't grow, you will not evolve and others will do what you're not doing. So you have to be open. Sometimes as leaders, we can get ourselves uh, stuck in these bubbles of what's worked in the past, so we're gonna repeat it. And there's there's a lot, a lot to that. But we also have to be willing to acknowledge that we don't know everything. Otherwise, we wouldn't have hired experts that were good at the stuff we suck at, you know? The reason we're in a leadership role often is because we're good communicators or because we've been able to show results um, or we were able to take initiative that others weren't. And, you know, that's that's awesome. But we also have to be able to recognize that others have skills that we don't and that, you know, especially if you're a hiring person who's hired somebody for your team, you hired them for their expertise. You should let them off their leash and trust them and listen to their advice. And if they suggest changes, don't take it as a personal attack, take it into honest consideration. So listen with an open mind and an open heart and you'd be amazed at the value that you can get from that. So I think that that's that's something that that I feel is sometimes missing, is that 
uh, as a leader, and I've, I've been guilty of this in the past too, you think you know best. The, the mentality that, you know, I did your job and I did it so well, they gave me mine. And that's a very tongue-in-cheek approach, but, you know, some people have it. And I, I have been one of those one of their, those people that had that mentality of, you know, why should I help, you know, you do your job when I did it and I did it well. But that, that, that was a much younger, more naive Steve. Um, that was, that was a Steve that is not professionally where I am now. It's not anything that I aspire to go back to. Uh, but I'm not stupid. I know that that, that's a part of my history. So I know it's also out there for other people, I'm sure. Um, so, you know, again, when I say servant leadership, you know, find out what other people's goals are. Um, I'm kind of going back to that because I just thought of something else. Not only do you want to find out what their personal goals are and motivations are, but figure out if they're ambitious. Because one of the things that I, I kind of prided myself in is I was really good at finding talented people who had some leadership qualities and building that. The idea is that if your team grows, then the team, if, if each team member is able to grow and succeed, then the team overall succeeds and you succeed and your company succeeds or your, your mission, your goal, whatever succeeds. So it's important to take the time to, you know, work with people individually, understand their needs, understand their goals and see what you can do to empower them, help them out. They may be afraid to approach you because they're afraid that you'll say no. They may be afraid to bring something to you because they're afraid that it'll get shot down. You know, we tend to be our biggest critics. We tend to question ourselves even when we know something is 100% the right way to go. We tend to question that because we don't want to get shot down. So as a self-defense mechanism, we should shoot it down ourselves. And you know, that's obviously not the right thing to do, but it is what it is. It is what it is. It's what we do sometimes. And that's, you know, that's life. Um, so what I'm saying is sometimes you have to coerce that out of people. Find out what, if they have an issue, find out what it is. Find out how you can help them solve it. Be a problem solver and try to figure out ways instead of asking, you know, it's, it's really easy to say, no, it can't be done. Really easy. The real challenging thing is to figure out why it can be done, how it can be done. What are the benefits of doing it? What is the opportunity cost of choosing not to do it and continuing with the way things are? So, you know, I know this is kind of a weird deep dive today, um, but I've been thinking a lot about teams and about team building and about, you know, what builds a successful team and, and how to strengthen a team. And I think that these are, are kind of fundamental truths that you have to have a servant mentality, you have to have a goal-oriented mentality, and you have to, um, work hard to help others succeed if you want to be successful. So thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Deep Gripping Reality. Uh, feel free to check me out on Spotify under the Deep Gripping Reality or on um, Anchor, anchor.fm slash tdgr. Also on all of the major social media platforms um, that are appropriate. So check me out, connect, and if you want to be a guest on the show, uh, let me know. Send me a message on any of those platforms. And we'll see what we can do to make it happen. I'd love to interview you and hear your story and share it with others. But uh, until next time, dig deep, my friends.